Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. What I'm excited about tonight, church, um, uh, God has really placed a word on my heart, a really continuation from Sunday's message. But can everybody stand to their feet in the honor of reading God's word? We're going to jump into it tonight. We're going to start in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, verse 11. 2 Kings chapter 6. Verse 11, uh, context about this scripture, uh, the Syrian army is attacking the nation of Israel. Now this Syrian army is uh, outnumbers, outmatched, uh, the nation of Israel has better weaponry, has, um, uh, it, it's, it's really a, a large nation attacking a smaller one, and so the Israelites are outnumbered, and, but what has been going on is that Every time the king of Syria uh, was making plans against Israel, uh, because they had a praying man of God named Elisha, uh, while Elisha was praying, God would actually share with him uh, the battle plans that the king of uh, Syria was putting together. And so every time the Syrians would go into battle, they would be confused because the Israelites would be one step ahead. Uh, this was really aggravating the king of Syria, and he was saying, you know, to the point, he thought that there were spies and moles in his camp, and, and he's angry at his team uh, of generals trying to figure out how are they not defeating this small nation of Israel, but who knows, that's the power of prayer, amen? It flips the sides, it flips the numbers, and so as Elisha was praying, God was sharing with him the plans of Syria. And as we pick up in verse 11, it says, Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He was looking at his generals to say, Okay, who is on the payroll of Israel? Okay, somebody is like working for them because there's, they know too much about what we're doing. But it says, And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. If you think you can hide from God, just know this. He knows everything about you, okay? He, he knows what you're thinking when you're alone. He knows what you're thinking when you're in play. He knows everything. He said he knows what you've been saying in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is, and I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Thothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to them, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear. Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't fear. He said, Do not fear for those who are with us are more are more than those who are with them and Elisha prayed and said Lord I pray open his eyes that he may see then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha come on give your God a hand clap of praise if you know he is the general of the living armies of heaven what we're talking about tonight is uh, positioning our perspective. 
positioning our perspective. Let's pray over the service. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you, Father, that we're going to see your will take place. So, God, let every mind be open. Let every heart be softened, ready to receive the word, God. So we thank you, Father, for directing this service, that your spirit, God, is in control. So have your way tonight, Jesus. We, we thank you, Father, for, for what starts tonight to be a renewal of our minds, to be a transformation of our perspective. God, let us see things the way you see them, God. Let us begin to operate, God, how you want us to operate, God. And so, Father, have your way tonight. We give you all the glory and the praise ahead of time. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, give, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight, and y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. When I was studying for tonight, something caught my eye. There is a type of photography called forced perspective. Turn to your neighbor and say forced perspective. Forced perspective. And the type of this of photography is that it makes the viewer uh, perceive an image that is either way smaller or way larger than what it actually is. It, the goal of this type of photography is to make uh, things seem small or things seem large, and it contours what is actual reality. Um, and that's the goal, is to alter what you're viewing in the picture. I, I sent the team some um, examples. See, this is an example of forced perspective, right? The shoe is really not that big, but how they're forcing us to see, to see the shoe makes them think that it's big. There's another one. There's a couple more. See this? It's another forced perspective of, of making them look like, uh, you know, they're spraying clouds into the air. And the last one is this. Uh, and this right here, guy, see, that guy's not standing on a huge bottle. It's this forced perspective. But it had me thinking how many times do we have perspectives that are forced upon us that makes us view things through our insecurities, makes us view things that aren't reality, and that might be things in our life kind of like that shoe. It might be small in reality, but because of a perspective that we're forcing to look at, it makes it look larger than what it really is. I mean, how many times have we gone through our day and and focus on something so small, but because we have been having the wrong perspective, it contours what is actually reality. But that's what's the power in perspective, is that it can either be our empowerment or our imprisonment. I believe that our perspective can be something that is an advantage in our life or something that is a disadvantage in our life. It's all about how we choose to look at things, how we choose to, to see things and through the lens that we look at them, because how we perceive something is how we receive something. I mean, have you ever given a gift to somebody, but because they were in a bad mood, they were like, why are you giving me this, you know? Like, have you ever bought somebody a, a meal? They're like, what, you didn't think I can afford my own food? Like, what's your, you know, like, but see, it, they're perceiving it the wrong way. You're, you're trying to be a blessing but because they're perceiving it in the wrong way, they're receiving it in the wrong way as well. But see, so it's all about our perspective. It's all about how we see things that really determines how we will receive it in our life. See, our perspective is the lens of how we view our life. Like, have you ever tried, and this happens to me sometimes when I go on trips and I get frustrated. Have you ever tried to take a picture of like a landscape or a sunset or some beautiful scenery and you take a picture but because you have a bad camera 
or because the lens is messed up, you look at the picture like that looks nothing like it what it really is, right? And see, it doesn't matter how beautiful the landscape is. If you're taking a picture with the incorrect lens, things aren't going to look blurry and contoured, and it's not going to be as beautiful as it really is. In the same way, I believe we are living such beautiful, such awesome lives, but because we're choosing to view our life through the incorrect lens, all we can see is the bad things, complaining about everything, looking at all the little details that are not even a big deal, but because of our perspective, it is bringing down our joy, it's bringing down our peace. I think there's a lot of us are living such great lives, but because of our perspective, we think that we are, for some reason, living the worst of lives. But it's all about our perspective. See, the thief of joy is not our problems. Turn to your, to your neighbor say, it's not your problems. The thief of our joy is our perspective. The thief of our joy is our perspective. Because we all know those people who have, like, less money than you do who have like less stuff than you do, who, who's done less experiences than you have, but for some reason is way happier than you. And you're like, well, what's going on here? Why is that person more happy than I am? Like they don't have what I have. They can't do what I, what I do. Why are they happier than me? Why are they more joyful than me? What I've learned is that people who have a better perspective on life will always be more joyful, will always be more kind and more happy. Why? Because it's not about possessions. It's not about who you are or what you're doing. It's all about how you're viewing things that changes everything. So our lives cannot be this transformed by this removing our problems. I know there's a lot of times we think, God, if I can just live a life problem-free, I'll be happy. But if you know anything about life, that's never going to happen, right? Especially when you're dealing with people. I like to imagine like one day like, Someone's going to be like, God, remove all my problems. They open their eyes, and there's, like, nobody around them. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay. If you're dealing with people, there's going to be problems. It's life. So our, our, our view, our goal shouldn't be to remove our problems. It should be, God, give me a better perspective. Give me a perspective that I can see things in a different light. That now, even though I might have the same problems, now that I'm looking at them differently through the lens that you have called me to look at them through, now I see the good things. Now I see the great things. Now I see that I am so blessed. Now I see that I have so many opportunities. Now I see a roof over my head and food on the table. I live a good life. And I might have the same problems or whatever it is, but I have a such better perspective. And you'll find yourself living a happier and more joyful life. This is what Paul was telling the Corinthians in chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Because, see, they were dealing with all these things going on, and they were dealing with all these emotions. And, but Paul told him this. He says, so why would you new luck? do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen? For the things which are seen are temporary. Turn to your neighbor and say, they're temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So that's really what our perspective, that's our choices. Are we going to view things through a temporary perspective? Uh, focusing on the things that scripture says that the moths will eat and will become dust? Or are we going to look at things that are eternal perspective? Viewing life not through a lens of a fallen world, but through the lens of a faithful God 
that we know who we are in Christ, looking at through the lens, knowing that even when things don't go according to plan, that doesn't mean that I need to give up on this life. No, I need to look at life through a lens of faith, of encouragement, of joy, and knowing who I am in the name of Jesus. Amen? Well, give Jesus a shout of praise. We're ready to dive into it tonight. So this leads us back to 2 Kings chapter 6. We find Elisha and his servant um, outnumbered and outmatched. They, now you're going to remember, they're this two guys in a city surrounded by the Syrian army. That's what it says in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14. It says, therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded this city. See, that's what I want to touch on real quickly is because, see, it says at nighttime they became surrounded by the enemy. Have you ever noticed that it's when you're trying to get some sleep? It's when you, all of a sudden all your insecurities begin to arise and worries begin to arise. You know the number one thing that keeps people up at night is them worrying about tomorrow having insecurities about the day, saying, why did I say this? Why did I say that? Did you see how that person looked at me? Why did they look at me that way? Or how am I going to do this tomorrow? How am I going to do that? How am I going to fix all these things? But see, what happens is that when we have the wrong perspective, it will keep us up all night. And the enemy will have his way with us. But when we get the right perspective, and when we say, you know what, tonight I'm not going to spend my time on my phone or YouTube. I'm going to spend time in prayer tonight, getting the right perspective from God. Then all of a sudden, when those insecurities come, you can respond with something that you know is the truth and what is life. That's the only way to get good sleep at night is to say, God, have your way, God. I give you everything. I give you today. Sometimes at the end of the day, say, God, I know everything I did wasn't perfect, but I give it to you, God. I give it all to you. Have your way. You got to have your way tomorrow so I can get good sleep tonight because I need my sleep tonight. Amen? So we got to give God that time and I give him our prayer at night. Get in the correct mindset and perspective before we go to bed. In verse 15, it says, when the servants of the man of God arose early and went out there, he there was an army surrounding, everybody say surrounding, the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to me, alas, my master, what shall we do? So the city that they were in, it was surrounded by hills. Just imagine being in a valley and there's, there's hills all around you. And then you see on top of the hills, this chariots and horses and an army. So it really was a hopeless sight to behold. It was looking around in this small village and seeing all this large army threatening to come against them. And so his servant's looking around and all he sees is hopelessness. All he sees is that he's surrounded by the enemy. All he feels in this moment, looking at his problems, he felt powerless against his problems. There's been many times in life, I'm sure we can relate to that thought, of looking at our problems and feeling powerless against them. Looking at what the disease or the debts or whatever we're going through at that time and saying, God, I feel powerless against this. I feel surrounded. I feel outnumbered. I, I feel outmatched. I feel like there's no way that I can push through this or I don't even see a way out, much less a way 
to win. And we can feel outmatched, outgunned, and we can feel like our problems are far too great. But there's a perspective that I believe we all need to adopt, and it's simple. The perspective is saying, our God is greater. Our God is greater than any problem. Our God is greater than any disease. Our God is greater than anything that the world has to offer, any battle, any problem, any relationship thing that's going on. There's nothing that man nor enemy nor the world can compile to against God that God cannot be greater than. We have to have that perspective that our God is greater. When we have that perspective that our God is greater, instead of looking at our problems and feeling like we're powerless, we will look at our problems and say, you know what? I serve a God that is bigger than all of you. I serve a God that is more capable than all of you, and so I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm going to have the right perspective. Because, see, I think sometimes when we see our problems, we have, we have an issue of focusing and glorifying our problems far more than our blessings. That God can be doing all these awesome things in our life, but that one thing is what we choose to focus on. That one thing that's going on. God has done so much for you. He's doing so many things in your life. Had so many blessings, you can't even count them. But for some reason, that one issue, that one small detail that's not going right, you are choosing to focus on them. And you feel stressed out, you feel overwhelmed, and, and all you can talk about is how bad things are and not even noticing how good things really are in your life. So I believe when we just begin to look around and take in for reality for what it really is in the name of Jesus of who we have and his strength and power, I believe if we look around with that perspective, we can see how blessed we truly are. I think there are times when God like looks at us and he says, I have called you, I saved you from death, I have empowered you with the Spirit, but yet all you can talk about is how your coworker Jenny talked bad about you last week. Look at all the good things that are going on, not the one bad thing that just happened. Look at all the powerful things on the inside of you, not that one problem that you're looking at. Don't look at what that person commented on your Facebook post. No, focus on who God says who you are in Christ. We get too much identity from the world and not enough from God. Get your identity from what God says about you. Get what God is telling you and hold that to your heart and say, this is my perspective, not what anybody else says. This is who I choose, and this is how I choose to say things and live by how God calls me to live. We can't just focus on what's going wrong and expect us to have the right perspective. We have to say, God... I want to have the right perspective where I see things, not from a sense of defeat, not from a sense of looking at all the wrong things. But God, let me see the perspective where I can be thankful for the blessings in my life. Let us be a people who are thankful for what God has done for us. Because God has done so many things for us. We have a lifetime of praises to be said. You, let, me, let me explain it like this. You will never run out of things to be thankful for, ever. If you're like... Well, you know, I, I, I'm looking around. My life doesn't look perfect. No, you have countless of things to be thankful for. You have a million things to be thankful for. You say, I got breath in my lungs. I got blood in my veins. I still have a right mind. I'm sitting down here at Riverside Church. You got many things to be thankful for. 
if you have the right perspective, you can see it and it can change your life. But sometimes I have conversations about perspective and say, well, you know, being pessimistic, it's just my personality. Like, you know, it's, it's, I've always been pessimistic or always, you know, this is, that's just my personality. And I've always had the, uh, the, the way of, of seeing and critiquing. Let me tell you this, okay? Jesus did not call us to be pessimistic, okay? I don't want to burst anybody's bubbles, okay? Jesus does not give you the spirit of pessimism, okay? He didn't say, I'm going to give you the gift of being pessimistic. No, that Jesus didn't give you that. And I don't care who you were before Jesus either. Because after Jesus, you're a new creation. So I don't care if you're the most negative, pessimistic, critical person on earth. After Jesus, you can be the most positive, joyful, kind person that ever lived. Jesus makes us a new creation. So if you're saying that I've always been pessimistic, well, thank you for Jesus. Because Jesus can change you. Sometimes I feel like I just want to say, hey, let's let Jesus change you, okay? I know you're seeing all the negative things, but if you let Jesus change you, you're going to see all the positive things after that in your life. That's what Romans 12, 2 says about the renewing of our mind. He says, do not be conformed to this world. We live in a negative world. I don't know if you noticed this. I don't know if you put on the news. Here, if you ever notice, there is not a lot of ad revenue in the news posting good things, Okay? That's not what makes the money. You don't get clicks by saying, well, a dog was saved in a storm. You don't get clicks. You get clicks by saying, look at this person did wrong. Look how bad thing. That's what gets the clicks. And so don't, don't look at the news for your perspective. Don't look at the world for your perspective. Don't look at everybody else, at the society for your perspective on life. Because if you do that, you're going to be negative. You're going to say the world is falling apart. You're going to say all these things because why? You're taking the world's perspective to see God's promises. It doesn't work that way. If you try to look through the world's perspective on God's promises, you're going to miss it. Because you're going to look around and say nothing looks like how I thought. you got to have the right perspective. So do not conform to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I believe that's fancy words for God saying you need to change your perspective. All right? You need to have a renewing of your mind. You need to make sure that you're looking at things in the right way. Because God could be blessing you so much right now. But if you have the wrong perspective, you will miss what's going on in your life. God could have so many good things going on in your life, so many blessings going around, but because you have the wrong perspective, you could be missing it and overlooking it and be focusing on all the wrong things. But see, instead of us focusing on the wrong things, let's focus on the right things that God is doing for, for us. See, instead of us focusing on the flaws, I guarantee you this. You want a marriage tip? tip? You want a marriage tip? I learned this a long time ago. Do not focus on the flaws of your relationship. Don't focus on the flaws of your spouse. Because if you focus on the flaws, we're all people. We all have flaws, okay? You're going to find them. But if instead you focus on what they're doing right, what they're doing great, I'm telling you, you're going to see your spouse through such a better perspective. And you're going to say, you know what? I have, I have a great marriage. I, things are awesome right now. But if you focus on the flaws, then that's all you're going to see. If you focus on what's going wrong, like I know Haley could focus on me forgetting to take out the trash all day because I forget. And sometimes they come on Monday morning, I'm like, oh, shoot. And then we hear them passing by, the dumpster truck passing by. But thank you, God, Haley doesn't view me through my flaws. 
if we view things through the lights, how God has called us to view things and look for the good, I'm telling you, if you look for the good, you will find it. If you look for the bad, you will find it. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. So that was what the servant was saying. He looks around and all he sees is problems. He looks around and all he sees is a Syrian army. And he looks around and he looks to his master. His, he looks to Elisha and he, and he says, he says, alas, my master, what shall we do? Notice that there's no faith in his voice. Notice that he's not... He's not excited to go into battle. Notice he didn't say, Elisha, I've seen God do many things. They just watched many miracles take place. He didn't say, okay, God can take care of this. Let's go out into battle. Let's go meet them. He didn't, he didn't say anything with faith filled. He didn't say anything that had any kind of resonance of boldness. No, all he said was, Elisha, let's give up. Let's get out of here. Maybe we can sneak away. What shall we do? Right? There's no, in a way of hopelessness, in a way of defeat, even before he was about to step out into battle, he already knew he was defeated. Point one for tonight is this. A pessimistic perspective will make faith seem pointless. A pessimistic perspective will make faith seem pointless. If we have a pessimistic perspective, you will look at a problem and you won't even think about having faith for it. Because you're saying, oh, what's the point? What's the use? Don't you see we're surrounded? Don't you see all the problems? What's the, what's the point of having faith in this moment? What's the point of having boldness in this moment? What's the point of doing all those things? Because look, I'm surrounded right now, and it will even make faith seem pointless. Have you ever reached a problem in your life that you stopped praying about it? Have you reached an issue in your life that you just pushed it to the side and you said, what's the point? I prayed about this for years. I've, I brought this to God for a long time. It hasn't helped. Things got worse. So what's the point? But because you've had a negative perspective, you, you push things to the side and you allow things that, that God could have taken care of, that God could have defeated. But because of our perspective, we thought that even praying seemed pointless. We thought that even having faith seemed pointless. And I think that's what the enemy tries to do to us is that he tries to intimidate us. He tries to make us seem helpless and hopeless. He tries to make the situation that we are in so intimidating, so, so outnumbered, so outmatched, that we don't even think there's a point to bring it to God. That we don't even think, it, what, what's the point for us to have faith and step out? What, what is even the point to have boldness? Look at our problems, and the enemy's goal is, is to intimidate us. Because he knows that if we can even feel defeated before battle, we'll never even step out. Because we'll say, what's the point? If the enemy knows if I can make them feel defeated even before the battle has begun, I don't even have to step against them. I can just intimidate them. I can just make them feel insecure. I can just make them feel like they are in the right place, the right spot. Because I know if they feel intimidated, they, they won't even try to step out by faith. See, there's a battle going on, I believe, for our perspective. I believe that the enemy knows he's all talk. I believe that the enemy knows that there is nothing that he can do to stop the God that's inside of you. I believe that the enemy knows what kind of God we serve. But I think the enemy knows that I can't maybe defeat them, but maybe I can get them to defeat themselves. Maybe I can get them to live in a defeated perspective of life 
to where even though they can easily step out by faith because they have the wrong perspective and they feel like they're outmatched and outnumbered, I can get them to where they stay in the same place and same spot the rest of their lives because they feel like faith is pointless. Because they feel like the problems are too much. They feel like the debt is too high, the disease is too great, where they don't even want to step out by faith any longer. So I believe there's a battle going on for our perspective. But I believe that if we just change the way we view things, if we changed our perspective and viewed them in a way that God had for us, I believe that if we just changed the way we viewed our relationships, our relationships would begin to change. I believe if we just begin to view our finances in a different light, our finances would begin to change. If we begin to view what we were going through in life in a different way that God has called us to look at, the things would begin to change. Let us not have the enemy get a victory because we forfeit. Let us not let the enemy win the battle because we decided that there was no point for us to even fight. Because the enemy... Sometimes, like the king of Syria, just wants to intimidate us with problems, making us feel outmatched and outnumbered. Come on, but I believe that the God on the inside of us can never be outgained, can never be outwon. Let us have a perspective that says God is great. God is better than anything that the enemy has, and we're not going to be intimidated. We're not going to be fooled. We're not going to let the illusion of intimidation keep us out of the promises of, of God no longer. That we're going to step fully into what God has for us. I believe that all we need to do is take that step of faith. I think that servant was looking around and he was confused. He was saying, we're, we're falling after you, God. We're doing everything you told us to do. Why is this happening right now? Because that's what intimidation does. It makes us confused about the situation. But all we have to do is say, God, I trust you more than what I'm looking at. God, I trust your power more than my problems. God, I trust your guidance more than what is going on in my situation, and I'm going to trust you more than anything else. Come on, if you believe that, give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. So Elisha and his wisdom responded this way in verse 16. It says, so he answered to his servant. He said, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Right away, you can see Elisha's perspective. Because if you look at it, those are only two men. And they are outnumbered. Maybe even a thousand to one. Such a great amount of, of this outmatched and outgunned. But Elisha said this. He said, look, look, look. Do not fear. Because from my perspective, we have the upper hand. Do not fear. Because from my perspective, we have God on our side. Do not fear, because from my perspective, we actually have more power than they do. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open. Everybody say open. Open his eyes that he may see. That's really what my prayer is for us tonight, is for God to open our eyes so that we may see. For God to open up our eyes on how we view the situations, the problems, the anxieties, and the insecurities that the enemy's trying to intimidate us with, with right now. I believe we can all think of something that the enemy is trying to intimidate us with. But if we change the way we view them and the way that God sees them and we open up our eyes, we can see what God has for us and the path to victory that God has for us. 
if we just remove the blinders of negativity, the blinders of insecurity, if we just remove those things, say, God, open my eyes. Turn to your neighbor and say, open my eyes, God. Open my eyes. I think that's a powerful prayer. I think we could spend all night on that prayer. I think we could spend all day just thinking, say, God, open my eyes. I want to see things the way that you view them, God. I don't want to be, God, confused no longer. I don't want to be lost no longer. Open my eyes. Now, here's the thing. That doesn't mean that we're going to see things how God sees everything. No, we're going to see things how God wants us to see them. From the perspective, from the, from the viewpoints. See, when ever uh, people go into war, if you study war, the main thing that the general wants is the correct perspective. He wants a bird up, bird's eye view of the battle. He wants to make sure that he can see everything that's going on because if you just focus on the front lines, things can be lost. You can focus on the front lines, even think that you're losing. But when you take a bird's eye view and you have the per correct perspective, you can see, hey, God is in control. In the end, God is, is on the throne. In the end, it doesn't matter what happens. God is going to get the victory no matter what. When we have the correct perspective. See, let us not let our problems blind us from our promise. Let us not just look around and focus on all the negative things and focus on, on all the bad things. Instead of us saying, God, why didn't I get that raise or why didn't I get that promotion or why didn't I get this or that? Instead, say, God, thank you for blessing me with the job. I'm not going to complain about this. God, thank you for what you have blessed me with. God, thank you for what you have given in my life. God, thank you. For what you have blessed me with. God, let us not miss out on our blessings because we are too blinded by our problems. I think one of the things that we have to figure out is, is the difference between what is reality and what's insecurity. If there's something that I talk with a lot of people is that they begin to portray what is insecurities on people. They begin to say, oh, this person said that. This person said this, so they're actually thinking that, and they're actually thinking this, and maybe I am not good enough, or maybe I am not accepted, but here's the thing. That's not reality. That's insecurity. Too many times we try to make what is our insecurity our reality. Too many times we try to say, I don't feel good enough, or I don't feel like I'm capable or too experienced enough, and they think that about me too, and we begin to portray the perspective of insecurity on other people on our lives, but we have to know what is insecurity and what is reality. Because here's the reality. We are a child of God. Here is the reality. We are the head and not the tail. Here's the reality. We are more than conquerors. Here's the reality. We are the apple of God's eye, and it doesn't matter what the enemy is doing against us. Greater is he that is for us than he that is against us. Amen. Well, I'll give Jesus a shout of praise if you believe that tonight. We continue verse 17. It says, then the Lord, it said, opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Everybody say all around. All around, all around Elisha. God opened up the servant's eyes. And even though the problem was the same, the perspective was different. Even though they were still surrounded by the Syrian army, he felt the power of God for him. Even though the problems was the same, he had a different perspective. And now instead of feeling overmatched, 
now he felt like there was no way they were going to lose. Now, instead of feeling helpless, now, they, now, now the servant felt like there was no way that they were going to be defeated because now he saw armies and chariots of fire, and he said, these Syrian guys, they don't know who they're messing with. Before I felt intimidated, but now I feel engaged to go into battle because now I know who is fighting for me. The perspective we got to have is that we have to know who is fighting for us. We got to know that God is for us. We got to know that we're on the winning side. We got to know that we're fighting not for victory, but from victory, that the battle's already been won. And so whatever we're dealing with right now, we're on the winning side. Yeah, the problems might not have changed for the servant, but everything changed when he changed his perspective. Everything changed. He saw it from a different viewpoint. And he went from saying we are helpless to seeing how powerful he was and the victory that was going to take place. Point two for tonight is God's perspective gives us precedence over the enemy. All that means is this. I think it started from the beginning. I think Elisha, when he was praying and God was giving him the battle plans of the king of Syria. I believe that all God was doing him was giving him the correct perspective and how to view things and how to see things. And that's what gave them the upper hand over the enemy is that they had the correct perspective. And that's what God's perspective does for us is that it gives us insights. It gives us guidance. It gives us a way to have peace in every situation. It gives us a, a way to not panic, to to understand that we have the victory in the name of Jesus. God's perspective will free us from panic. God's perspective will free us from, from the weight of trying to figure everything out. God's, God's perspective makes, almost makes us feel like how we feel when, when we go up to, maybe when we're a child, when we went up to our parents and they say, look, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. Let me explain to you what's going on. Let me give you the pers correct perspective. And we feel relieved in that moment because we know that now we see things differently from the correct perspective. We have to walk in that strength. We have to walk in that identity. We have to walk in the correct perspective. And that is what gives us the, the advantage over the enemy. See, the, the enemy tries to convince us of lies. The enemy tries to convince us of fears and insecurities. But when you look things through the correct perspective, through the correct lens, that's when all we see, hey, it doesn't matter what you come at me with. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to convince me of. Because of how I'm viewing everything, I'm viewing things through the light that God is greater. I'm viewing it through the light that Jesus is on the inside of me. My perspective is it doesn't matter what the enemy comes up with. I'm already saved. I already got God. It's too late for you now. I already got all the power on the inside of me. It's too late to convince me of any defeat or insecurity. I know who I am in Christ. That's the perspective we got to have. We got to have the perspective of knowing exactly who we are in Christ. Our, we got to know our identity. We got to know our victory. We have to know what is God doing for us is greater than anything that the enemy can do against us. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. I'm closing tonight. I'm closing tonight. I want to close with Romans 8, verse 31. This is Paul talking. And he begins to say all these things. And, and he begins to talk about what's coming next. And, and sometimes when we talk about tomorrow, we can feel fearful today. Sometimes when we think about the future, we can 
begin to wonder, God, how are you going to work all that out? God, how am I going to get there? How am I going to how am I get to this place, God? How am I going to get to your promises? Because what Paul was doing, he was, he was telling them about God's promises. And, it, and they seemed so far. It seemed so, it seemed so unlikely. It seemed like there was, there was no way how they, that, how they could get there. And, and so Paul wanted to give them the correct perspective. And so he said in verse 31, he said, What then shall we say to these things? What then shall we say to these problems? What then shall we say to these questions? What then shall we say to anything that comes against us? And he said, if God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? And that's to stir up something on the inside of you because that's our answer. That's what, this is what Paul is saying. You got a question, well, I got an answer for you. You got a concern, well, I got the answer for you. You got something on your mind that is questioning whether or not everything's going to work out. I got the answer for you. Is that if God is for us, then who can be against us? So whatever insecurity you have, whatever problem you have, whatever things in the back of your mind that the enemy's trying to intimidate you with, I got an answer for you tonight. If God is for you, then nothing can stand against you. If God is for you, no insecurity can stand against you. No fear can stand against you. No disease can stand against you. If God is for you, nothing, turn to your neighbor, say nothing can stand against us. See, I believe there's times when there's so many problems going on. We're saying, God, I don't know if you saw this problem coming, right? Like, God, I, like all throughout the pandemic, I was like, God, did you see this coming? But there is nothing that intimidates our God. There is no problem that intimidates our God. There is no problem that God didn't see coming and already had a solution for. There is nothing that intimidates our God. So if, the, if anything that the enemy tries to intimidate you with, you got to respond with the God that's on the inside of you and say, hey, look, I got God on my side. I know I don't know how everything's going to work out, but I know that it will all work out in the glory and the name of Jesus. Have the correct perspective. Our closing point for tonight is this, is that God's perspective is what positions us for victory. God's perspective is what positions us for victory. When we are going into a next season, when we are going into a next stage of life, make sure you have the right perspective. Because if you go in and you all you see is negativity, all you see is all the things that are wrong, you're going to be convinced that you are in the wrong place at the wrong time and really you're right where God wants you. But because you have the wrong perspective, you're missing out on all the things that God has for you. But when we go into the stages, when we go into anything that we're dealing with with the right perspective and say, God, I'm not going to be intimidated by any lie. I'm not going to be intimidated by anything the enemy is trying to conspire because I know I'm on the winning side and that's my perspective. It positions you for victory. It positions you at the right place at the right time. It positions you to where, hey, you want to see, see an example? Like if you have the perspective and the correct perspective, the next time you're going down the street and you're driving and you get a flat tire, instead of looking around and say, oh my gosh, I knew it. The enemy's defeating me today. I mean, look at this. Instead of that, where the correct perspective is like, wow, God, I know you can fix this. And, and I just met this person who pulled on the side of the highway and he helped me. And, and now I was able to minister to this person and have a testimony. 
Thank you, God, that I got a flat tire because I wouldn't be able to have that way of sharing your character. Have the correct perspective. And I'm telling you right now, you have the correct perspective. Everything will begin to change around you. Once what was once a, a, a pessimistic, uh, once what was something that seemed so critical against you, now with the right perspective, you're thanking God for it. Say, God, I thank you for everything. I thank you for every moment. I believe that everywhere I'm going is directed and guided by you. I'm going to have the correct perspective that I'm, I know that I'm called and that I'm qualified. I have the perspective that I'm anointed for this moment. So even if things don't go according to plan, I have the perspective that that is God's plan and I'm following after you every step along the way. And with every head bowed and eyes closed, when I want to pray tonight, it says, God, open our eyes. Open our eyes like you open that servant's eyes. Open our eyes to where we can see the correct perspective. Open our eyes where we're not intimidated. God, open our eyes, Father. What are we missing, God? Open up our eyes, God. What are we overlooking? Open up our eyes, God. What are we, what are we viewing in the wrong light? God, open up our eyes in every area, God. Bring light with your perspective. Bring faith with your perspective. Bring peace with your perspective, God. Open up our eyes. Let us view things the way you want us to view them, God. Let us not be intimidated no longer. Let us not be, Father, confused no longer, lost no longer. Open up our eyes like the servant had his eyes open so we can see our victory in the name of Jesus. So we can see that we have the armies of the living God on our side so that we can see that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God, open up our eyes tonight. Let there not be one blinded person. Let there not be one confused soul. Let there not be one person still got intimidated by insecurities or depression or anxiety. Open up our eyes. Let us see it from the correct perspective. Father, right now we thank you, God, for removing, God, any kind of anxiety from our minds. Any insecurity, Father, that is holding us back, God. Remove those things right now in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we say let there be life, life abundantly, God. Let us see things from the correct perspective where we know who we are in Christ. We're not confused about our identity. We know who we are, God. We're not looking to people. We're not looking to politics or to society to tell us who we are. God, we're looking at the Word of God. We're looking at what you, what you say we are, Father. Give us the correct perspective, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, come on, if you believe that as we begin to sing this worship God tonight. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.